Timothy Lander, I'm the lead pastor here, and uh, I just want to be honest with you this morning that God is moving, amen? And he is uh, he's working in my heart this morning, and um, we're trusting him, amen? Uh, before we before we jump into God's word this morning, I want to I want to ask uh, if I can. Uh, we have some some business we need to take care of, of a financial issue that's come up this week in the church. So I need all of the board members that are here today to meet over in the uh, Challengers classroom after service for a brief meeting uh, so that we can handle some of that business. So if you're a church board member, immediately following the service, just come over there, and we will make sure we get all of the information to you and handle. Those decisions that we need to make today. Thank you for your understanding and your flexibility in that. What is prompts you? And I think it's so fitting, Janine, that uh, God gave you those songs on Wednesday. Uh, this week I was privileged to uh, be able to officiate a funeral. You might say, how is that a privilege? You know, it's not easy work. It's not. But on Wednesday, God gave me a funeral message. And I thought, you know, as I heard about the funeral on Tuesday, I thought, well, I'll just kind of pull from my files and try to wrang wrangle up something together. I met with the family, and it was like the Lord said, no, 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 no. Uh, i got something new for you that you need to share. And so I did, and I, and I, I just couldn't believe that God would give me a funeral message out of this passage of Scripture and God's God, and so I just trust Him and go with it. And uh, as we were praying this morning and talking about some things, that, that message and that Scripture just continued to stay on my heart. And uh, I told Pastor Greg this morning, I said, well, I think God's taking us a different direction. And Greg, in all of his wisdom, says to me, just trust Him. He's a wise man, and I'm so thankful for that. But we're going to be in the book of John this morning, John chapter 10. If you're worried about your outline, I want you to come back tonight. If God will allow us, we'll try to preach it tonight. Uh, if not, we'll just trust him again, amen? And uh, we'll allow him to move uh, in our midst once again. But John chapter 10 is where I want us to be this morning, or where I feel the Lord is directing us to be. So I'm going to ask you to follow along with me as I read from John chapter 10, begin with verse number 1. We'll have it on the screen for you as well. I tell you the truth, anyone who sleeps over the wall of a sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice, and they come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. Let me stop there for a minute. Have you ever read God's word and not understand it? To him. But this next part really comforts me as a Christian. 
They didn't understand it, so he explained it to them. Did you realize that no matter how many times we don't get it, God will continue to explain it to us? Sometimes I need more than teaching. So he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. He started the same way. If we didn't believe he was telling the truth the first time, he does it again. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. And all who come to all who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate, and those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. You see, a hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and I know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Father God, would you just uh, dwell right here for a moment? Would you abide in this place? Would you have full reign? Please reign with me. I pray God that as we look at this path of the scripture, you would speak to our hearts what we need to do. We love you. You see, there's, there's a lot of information in this passage of Scripture that a, a pastor could go many different ways with this, these 15 verses. And they can focus on, on one thing or, or another thing, or they can even focus on a third or a fourth thing, or, or really just really unpack it all and walk through it, and what does each word mean in the original language, and really critique Jesus' words here. And I think it's interesting, in my Bible, it's, it's read mostly, that whole text is read, except for the part where it says some people didn't quite understand it, so he explained it to them. I think it's important that we understand what Jesus is saying here. And I think it's important for, for many different reasons, but I just want to highlight a couple of those reasons to you this morning, because I believe it's very important to where, where, where some of us are in our current life right now. And I think it's easy for us, if we're not careful, to, to become comfortable where we're at. We probably get into that sheepfold because we've, we've said a prayer, or we've gone to church all, all of our life, and we get into that little sheepfold. And if you can imagine a, a sheepfold for a minute, just a, a big, large, enclosed pen. And I think if, if you were to, can you guys picture this with me for a minute? There's not a wall here, but pretend that that wall, that modesty railing over there would extend out and there'd be a wall and there's a gate here. Can you envision this? Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. So some of us use the gate and we come into the sheepfold, but I think there's many times that we come clear over here and we kind of just get into our little thing. So we get comfortable. You see, we're, we're in the fold 
we're probably protected from the shepherd, but we just kind of want to stay in our own little comfort zone. And, and there's times when we think that, you know, you, by using the gate, that's, that's, all that's, that's all that's needed, but I think there's more to this, this passage than just how we use the gate. But that's, that's the first point I want us to see today, is that we've got to use the gate. Let me say that again. We have to use the gate. Here's the reason why we have to use the gate. How many of you ever, when you were growing up, and you don't have to admit this by a show of hands, some of you still have parents that are in the church. Did you ever sneak out of the house? Or better yet, better yet did you sneak back in? Now, Fred, I've heard your stories, and I live in that house, so... <laughs> it's... I remember growing up as a, as a as a young teenage boy, old enough to have some trust in my parents, but uh, young enough to still be stupid sometimes. Um, but I remember there was a night that I came in after curfew, and uh, my parents they trusted me enough that they went to bed, and uh, I, I just thanked them for that. They were <laughs> very kind and generous, uh, gracious. But we had a back door in our in our house that um, our back door was the door that most, most people used, and there was a screen door on that door, and it was a, an old metal screen door. And so when that metal screen door would shut, it would make a noise. You know what I'm talking about? It would slam pretty good. So you had to be very careful to watch that door. But the other problem was when that door was open, the the, the main the the door into the home would would open the other way, and it would slam against the closet because of the science involved in doorways, you know, how that works. So I'm trying to sneak into the house, and I got the screen door open, but I don't want it to shut, and I don't want this door to slam because then it'll make a noise and wake up my parents. And so I'm, I'm holding both doors open, trying to sneak in. Now, I wasn't coming through a window or anything like that, but I wasn't using the gate that it was intended to be used. You see, an, another term for gate that, that we use, that we read in this passage is threshold. The, the threshold of the sheepfold. And let me tell you what a threshold is. It's not just that thing you carry your spouse over on your wedding. Although that's fun. I mean, that's but there's a reason that, that the threshold is so important. Here's, here's what the threshold really is. The threshold is a place of comfort See, we, we think the threshold, we think that this place over here is comfortable and safe. But what Jesus is telling us is that the threshold is the safe place. It makes sense why people don't understand that. Because we think if we can get in and we can just go blend in, that we're safe and we're, we're okay. But really what Jesus is saying is that I am the gate, I am the threshold keeper, so the safest place for you to be is to use the gate. The threshold is a place of comfort and safety. It's a known place. There's confidence in the gate. There's confidence in the threshold. We, we know it. It becomes something that we're used to. I knew how those two doors worked in my house. Why? Because that threshold was a place of comfort. It was the place that I belonged. It was a home. 
threshold is a sense of home. It's a sense of belonging. And Jesus is saying to his disciples, he's saying to his sheep, I am the gate. Use the gate because you belong. Verse 9, let me remind you what verse 9 says. Yes, I am the gate, and those who come through me will be saved. Jesus is the gatekeeper. He's the provider of the comfort and the safety. And if we go through the gate and we do it the way it was intended to be done, we trust Jesus for that protection and we trust him for that forgiveness, we will be saved. These are Jesus' words, not your pastor. Use the gate because Jesus is the gate. Because you belong there. You were intended to be there. Use the gate. You know, there's a thing that happens in our home every single night. And every single night as I go to bed, part of my routine is that I make sure the threshold is safe and secure. Now, anybody in our home could do this. And sometimes they do. They'll go, when they're going to bed, and they'll go and they'll lock the door and they'll make sure that it's locked and they'll go off to bed. But every single night, I make sure and check every single door in our home. Why? Because I want to protect us inside. I want to make sure it's safe. I want to make sure it's comfortable for the people that are there. And so I'll go to the front door and I'll make sure the lock. Check it and sure it's locked. Our back door, our sliding door, it, if, you, if you've been around us a lot, you've known over the last year that it's been broken. Not anymore. But you could have gotten in. All the other doors could have been locked, but if you would have went back to the slider, all you got to do is slide it open. So now we have this contraption in there that not only we have the door locked, now I put this other contraption on, and there's no way you're getting in there. Unless you break it. <laughs> but I make sure it's secure. Why? Because that threshold needs to be protected. Then I go to the garage door. Now the garage door, we're one of those, I think we're becoming natives because there's times at night where we, we don't walk our car, car doors. I probably shouldn't say this on live, live Facebook Live, but um, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because I know many of you are the same way. You don't lock your doors and your car doors, and in fact, you probably the keys in One thing that we leave in our cars, though, is our garage door open. So if that garage door is unlocked, and somebody were to get into our car, they could open the garage door outside, and then they could walk right into the home. Then that threshold is not protected. So now what do I do? I not only lock the garage door, now I go back to the key rack where our keys are, and I lock both of the vehicles now, because I know they probably didn't get locked. But why do we do that? We do that because we want people to use the gate. We want them to use it appropriately, because the passage of Scripture says those that don't use the gate have a different intention in mind. Even when I was using the gate as a young teenager, I had a different intention in mind than when I would just come in on a regular time. You see, the people that don't use the gate or they use it unintentionally, they have a whole different motive. They have a motive that is to steal, to kill, and destroy. We need to get that today. Why is the gate so important? The gate is so important because 
the people that don't use the gate don't just want to come in and take some jewelry or take some money. The people that don't use the gate in your life, they want to steal from you. They want to kill you. They want to destroy you. Why is that? Because they don't belong there. I want us to sit here for a minute because I don't think, I think this is the part where we sometimes get comfortable because we're back in the corner of the sheep pen. We've been protected for so long that we, we fail to realize that if a wolf does get into that sheep pen, he's not coming in there just to talk it and have coffee. He's coming in there to ruin your life. To steal from you. What is he trying to steal from you? He's trying to steal anything good that you've worked for or anything that God has blessed you with. He's trying to take it from you. He's trying to kill you. What does that mean? He's trying to get you so far to not trust God and to, to, to just go your own way and to be so selfish that it kills you. You die a death that's an eternal death. He's trying to send you to hell. He's trying to steal from you all the things that you've hoped for and worked for, but he's trying to make sure that you don't have an eternal future that you want. So we get so comfortable back in the corner saying, you know what, I'm okay. I went to church this week. I'm good. As long as you're above ground, Jesus is saying, the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy you. That means we can't take it lightly. That means we can't just, you know what, check our boxes and say, you know what, I walked through the gate once, I'm good to go. No. <laughs> because even in our home, even in my life, when I allow the enemy to creep in, when I start to think selfish things, when I start to get in my own flesh, he's getting in there to try to steal from me the riches that God has blessed me with. He's trying to kill me and my eternal destiny. He's trying to destroy my family. He's trying to destroy my life. Why? Because he knows if he can do that, there's no eternal hope for it. He'll win. You know, one of the things I shared with you earlier is I was reading First Kings in my devotion. I was also reading Revelation. I read Revelation with new eyes this week. Because at the end of Revelation, you know, oh, you hear the cliche all the time. I've read the back of the book immediately. I think the person that wrote that, I'm sure they were passionate about it, but sometimes I think we hear that, and we hear that from the back of the sheepfold. Well, I've read the back of the book. I'm okay. That's not what he intended. I don't believe. When we read Revelation, it is very, very clear that there is a heaven and there is a hell. It is very, very clear that when, and it's not just an illustration in my opinion, I believe it's, it's God revealing the truth to John as he's writing this book, and he tells John, you need to tell as many people that you can get this word to what's going on. And guess who the first person that's thrown into hell is? It's the enemy. He knows where he's going. He knows how it ends. He's seen the back of the book. He's seen the end of the story. And guess what? He wants to make sure he doesn't suffer alone. So, we need to use the gate because we belong to Jesus. 
Those that don't belong try to get in from any means necessary. Why? Because they don't want to suffer alone. They're trying to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, Pastor, I've got a lot of time. I don't have to worry about some of this stuff. I don't have to worry about how closely I'm walking with the Lord. I, I did use the Lord. You know, I, I really hope you're right if you have that mentality. But it's not one that I can I can grasp. Because I believe that the enemy is not just trying to, to destroy us as individuals. Because we don't want to go to heaven and do so there's many times I think that we try our best to get everybody we want in the future. And so if everybody we love is in the sheepfold and everybody we love has used the gate, but yet we're still alive and we're still trying our best to, to live this life that God intended us to live, the enemy's still going to try to get in. And the Bible also tells me that Jesus is a good shepherd. When there's one lost sheep, he will go out and find the sheep. So, so that tells me, and maybe I'm taking this, if I'm taking this wrong, please, 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 please accept my apology. But I believe that if Jesus is the good shepherd and he's also the gate, if he's the good shepherd and one of us gets out and gets stray and he goes to get them, the Bible says he left the 99 to go get the one. That means that the gate was unattended. If I'm in the sheepfold, I'm safe. But what is God going after that? Because guess what? Every single one of us was that one lost sheep. Every single one of us is that one lost sheep that God went after so that we could use the gate because that's where we belong. So what I'm getting at is when, when he's out getting that one lost sheep and we think we're back here and we're safe and the enemy comes in to attack us to steal and kill and destroy, it may not just be us that he's trying to get. It may be everybody who Maybe your kids. Well, they're just kids. They're just grown up. They don't need to take all this too seriously. No. Because he's not after just making you... By making you more comfortable and making you feel like you've got this under control, he's really saying, in just a minute, I'm going to take it off from you. In just a minute, I'm going to steal it from you. And in just a minute, it's going to, it's going to wreck you that you're going to feel dead inside because something's happened that's horrible. And it's going to kill you. Or I'm going to destroy your family so much, I'm going to go in and I'm just going to pick away and pick away and pick away until you have nothing, and then you're going to respond in a way that's not Christ-like, and it's going to kill you. Now, am I talking of physical death? I'm not talking of physical death. I think that's where we miss it sometimes, where we don't understand the two planes that are going on. I don't have to use the gate. I don't have time to just sit and shoot for it. I've got life to do. I'm not talking about physical. There's a spiritual war that's going on for each and every one. And Jesus is telling us to use the gate because we belong there. Those that don't use the gate don't belong. 
we've got to use the gate. The second thing I think we need to see today is that we've got to use the gate, but that Jesus is not only the gate, he's the good shepherd. And as the shepherd, he sacrificed his life. Verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life to the sheep. You see, a sacrifice of this caliber is one that's worth something. It matters. It's a matter of life and death. It's a matter of heaven and hell. It's a matter of eternity forever. One of the things uh, I did in Oklahoma when we were there is I, I took a um, concealed carry class. Oklahoma Oklahoma is an open carry state, and uh, um, we were having some, some church security issues that we were going through, and so um, my dad asked me to go with another person in our church that was going to be our head of security, basically, and go take this class together so that we had multiple people that were uh, able to be legally armed and uh, be able to, to defend and to help and to do whatever we needed to do. And I know when I finish this story, some of you are going to not like what I chose to do, but um, it, it's what I chose to do. But here's, here's the point of the story. As I was going through this conceal and carry class, one of the things that I learned in that is that everywhere I went with that weapon on me, I had a sphere of protection that I could protect. That's how they taught it. Okay. And as he was talking, he said, so you have you have the right to defend your home without having this license. If somebody comes into your home in the state of Oklahoma, you have the right to stop the threat with an equally credible means to stop that threat. I'm not saying that's totally legally right, but in other words, if they're coming at you with a deadly force of any kind, you can use deadly force if you feel your life is in great danger to protect your home without any kind of special life. But as soon as I take that weapon with me out into the public and I'm at the gas station and that sphere of protection is still around me, this little old lady that has her purse stolen at the gas station, I therefore am able to defend and to help because of my sphere of And it's harder to determine the threat when it's not your own life. It's harder to determine the, the level of involvement you need when it doesn't involve you personally. It, it's easier for us to just put our blinders on and to be so focused on our world that oh, we don't need to worry about anybody else because if I can just stay straight and narrow, we're going to be fine. But Jesus, as the good shepherd, came to sacrifice his life for us. Why did he do that? He didn't do that just so we would stop lying or stop stealing or stop telling, you know, being mean to our sister or brother. He did it because it's an eternal choice. I can't, I don't think I can say it any other way than to say it before. How we live our life matters for eternity. And how comfortable we may get with sin or complacency or, or not really caring a whole lot, we lose sight of the fact that the ultimate sacrifice was a fatal threat to our life. How we live is eternal 
how you live, the choices you make. If you allow things to creep in and the robbers to come over the walls and to not use the gate in your life, you're opening yourself up for a fatal, fatal threat. And it's huge. And that's why Jesus is the good shepherd who said, you know what, I want to come and take care of that threat forever. I want to come and take care of this, this possibility that's still out there. I want to take care of him, and I want to go and put him where he belongs. But until that time comes, unfortunately, you and I still have a choice to make. It would be easy for me in, in Oklahoma, as I at the time did have a, a gun in my home and did protect my home as best as I could. Never had to use it, thankfully. But I cared about my children. And I thought that was a great way to protect them. But it wasn't necessarily just my life, it was other people's lives. And so it made me start to think when it comes to Jesus, it's not his life that he's trying to protect. He's trying to protect your life. He's trying to protect my life. Why would he do that? He would do it because he cares. He sacrificed his life because he cares for us. Jesus cared for all of us. The Bible tells us that the good shepherd left the 99 safe in the pen to go get you. He sacrificed his life because he cares for He sacrificed his life because he loved you. Jesus loved us all so much that he was willing to die for you and for me. The good shepherd laid down his life for his sheep. How many shepherds do you know that would die for us? How many people are there in your life that you would lay down your life for? You would do it because you love God's love for you is far greater than that love that you can see. He sacrificed his life because he knows us. And he wants a relationship with us. Verse 14 says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Let's go back to the standard station for me. We come up to the gate. I don't believe it's a door that is just a foot thick, metal, un indestructible. I don't feel like it's that at all. I feel like it's Jesus standing in that place. And as we come up to that gate, he goes on wide open. And he says to us, You belong here. I did this for you. Use the gate. I sacrificed my life for you. I know every hair on your head. I know everything about you. I know all that you've done, all that you all that you had to say you're sorry for, all that you think is hidden. He knows it all. Why? Because he loves us. He created us. He wants a relationship with us. He sacrificed his life because he knows you. 
He knows you. Some of us we don't we don't let other people into our lives. We put up walls and we, we hold secrets and we have these little compartments in our lives that nobody's ever going to see and touch. And I get it. I, I get that. I understand where that comes from. And so we may not let other people in, but sometimes I think we have a hard time allowing Jesus to transform us because of that. And, and we allow those little pockets in our life to just kind of stay there because because we're probably back in the sheepfold thinking we're comfortable. And yet Jesus is wanting us to come through the gate because he wants to take care of it all. Why did he sacrifice his life for you? Because he knows you. He knows you. He cares about you. He loves you. There's other things in our life that we allow to creep in. bottle that's drowning your sorrow? I don't care about you. That pill that you're going to pop? That drug that you're going to do? I don't care about you. That other person that is tempting you to do things that are unimaginable? They don't love you. They don't care about you. They want to steal. They want to kill. And they want to destroy you. Because they want to take you with them. We're struggling to trust the Lord. I don't think He does this for uh, just for us to see if we're willing to trust Him. I think He does it because there's somebody here that needed to hear it. And I'm not going to manipulate this time. I'm not going to force anything. I'm going to trust the Lord. So I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know how you reach them, but maybe somebody's trying to get over the wall in your life. Somebody's not using the gate because they don't belong in your life. Something is trying to get through a window because they don't belong in your life. And you need to use the gate and allow Jesus to protect you. Allow Him to forgive you. Allow him to sacrifice his life. So I don't know what it is. I, I, we're not going to play any music. We're not going to tarry here long, but I just want the Lord to work. So I'm going to pray a short prayer, and then I just want to just leave it to the Lord. So if you want to come and pray, if there's something that's weighing on you, and there's something that you're dealing with, and there's something that you need help with, you need prayer, prayer partners to gather around you, then as I'm praying or after I pray, if you want to just come and kneel, we want to pray with you today.
Because just like the enemy wants to take you with him, Revelation, that I will throw him, the message is that I will throw him into the, to the, lot, the burning lava and sulfur. I don't want him to take me to everything. Lord, we're trusting you, God. And God, I give you this time. I don't want to embarrass anybody. I don't want to call anybody out. Because I don't know. I don't know where they're at. I mean, you know, Lord, what's going on. But God, I pray that you would help us today trust you, to use the gate, to not become comfortable with, with sin that can just creep its way into our life, to not just become comfortable with things of this world that, that don't seem wrong and don't seem bad, but in reality they're just coming in to just creep out you and they're coming in to push you out. And God, I pray that you would not let us be comfortable with that. that we would trust you because you sacrificed your life for us. God, if there's anybody here today, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to their heart. That you'd help them to realize, God, that you are the answer. You are the gate. And all who enter through the gate will be saved. You're also the good shepherd. The shepherd knows the sheep. He would sacrifice his life. Father God, I just pray that you would help us to trust you. I know that you are now thinking of beyond our boxes. You can work beyond our understanding. You can work beyond our, our knowledge and our wisdom. And God, there's people that are going through this today and it's getting home for them. I pray, Lord, that you would just draw them close to you this morning. And that as they leave this place today, that they would realize that you are with them that you can help them, that you care about them, that you love them, that you know exactly what they're going through. Lord, I pray that you help us all. As we leave this place today, you would help us all. To use the gate because we belong with you. And to trust you to be the good shepherd. pray that you would go with us from this place, that you would guide us along your path to righteousness, that you would help us to trust you and be more like you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you tonight. Board members, if I can meet with you.